Hello and welcome to Sad Girls Against the Patriarchy. I'm Allison. And I'm Alexis. And we are your sad girls. We had quite an adventure today. <laughs> it's If I believed in such things, I would think someone was trying to tell us to not record today. I forgot to call at our studio and say we were going to be late, so they gave away our room, but then we got in somewhere else. Then the equipment wouldn't work. Yeah, and we it took us a while to figure out what it was, and we even had staff come in. We had, like, two random other people that are artists, not people that work here, yep. to try to figure it out. Two they men, figure by it, the way. Two, two men. And they were like, what's your podcast about? And we're like, oh, um... <laughs> Uh, H- hating men? Cool. And they were like, oh, cool. <laughs> Will you help me? Yeah. And I was like, this is a very feminist moment for us to ask for your help. Yes. But. But. You know who figured it out? I did. This is Alexis, yes, by the way. <laughs> I think they know your voice by now. Oh, I don't know. my. You're going to freak out. I told my mom to listen to the first episode. Oh, no. Did she confuse her voices? Yeah. She was like, you guys sound the same. I'm like, no, we don't. you're my. I don't think we do at all. No. I also feel that way on some podcasts, but. I guess it's the more you get to know their voices, the less confusing it is. But it's my mother. I know, right? That's the bizarre thing. My mom thinks I look like Tatiana Maslany, which I don't think I do and no one else does. But she's like, yeah, it's like creepy. Sometimes it's almost like like I, I miss you and like, like there you are. Like it's eerie almost. And I don't know. She's tripping. I mean, you guys are both really pretty, but I don't it's, see it. I, we both have like the, she has hooded eyes and like a similar face. Shape, I feel I like her face is no, her face is way rounder. It is round. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, our moms just don't know us at all. Oh, no. I It actually doesn't surprise me in the least bit that my mom <laughs> has no idea what my voice sounds like. Because <laughs> she's never listening when you talk. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you always get pissed at me if I, like, don't understand you correctly. You're like, okay, mom. <laughs> Look, my entire life is people telling me I'm too loud or too soft oh, or too this or too that. Sure. You know what? That's, I just want to be heard. That's womanhood for you. Too much of anything. Yeah. You're just know, too much. Your existence is too much. Because you know what the right thing is, is to actually be a man. God, I fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. Fucked that one up. <laughs> anyway, we made it. We did it. We We're did very, it. That was a, a feminist moment of victory for women all around. Yes. Basically, we're women in STEM right now. <laughs> this is our tech moment. And we Truly. figured it out. Yes. Okay, we also have a dating profile or two to read. This, these were submissions, too. These aren't found in the wild. Yes. Um, so we have one from one of my dear internet friends, which I'm so happy to have internet friends again. Isn't it so nice? Yeah, we love messages. We love strangers who we get to talk to online. I, I just It reminds me of you know the old days back in the Wild West before your grandmas were on Facebook ah. when it was just the weirdos online. You had more of, of those. I didn't I feel like because I had access. That's fair. Yeah. yeah. Um, Definitely but... have like a lot of weirdo friends online. As as you should, as we should. Instagram is a great conduit for that, especially the meme community. Yeah. I love, like, my fellow meme page admins we get to chat with. And, yeah. And, like, have our little psycho moments together. Exactly. It's so Just, sweet. like, sharing in our own mental illnesses. It's yes. great. Yes. Do you want to read his bubble profile? Yes. Yeah, so, th- <laughs> this is so weird for me to read someone's, uh... So this is your <laughs> submission and your friend. This is. If anyone doesn't want to listen to 20 minutes of dissecting this person's dating profile, you can skip ahead. But, I mean, you will be missing out. I mean, our banter is just hilarious. There I mean, we go. I might be a little biased or something. Something. I don't know. Everyone's anonymous, so his name is M. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. He told me where he was from. What state initials MT? Massachusetts. Mo- Montana. Something like that. Is, anyways, MT to TX. Alabama. I know he lives in Texas Alabama. now. Okay, sorry. Yeah. There's a song. <laughs> Are you just naming all the states uh, in order? Uh, Connecticut. Da, da, da. 
There's a song. I believe and then you, you get to M. Okay, but he's from MT and he moved to Texas. What yes. Else? And it's I'm half Mr. Rogers, half Laszlo from What We Do in the Shadows, which, you know what? Wholesome. I think that's funny. I, I like it. I like both of those references. I yeah. think that's great. No kids, no marriage, overeducated and understimulated. Let's get good food, cuddle up, and watch some horror movies? Question mark? I think that's solid. I mean, no kids, no marriage, overeducated and understimulated is also clever and kind of pretentious. So for that as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, I love that. This is my only qualm yeah. with the entire profile. And I don't know if Allison agrees with me, but I made our friend take it out of his profile. Mm-hmm. Anything about cuddling freaks me out. And I know it's not creepy, but it just creeps me out personally. Like, I'd rather that than be like, I want to take you to pound town and like <laughs> lick your junk. Like, yeah. obviously, this is Which you preference. out there. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's it's definitely people that are like, I'm going to make you come book it. And it's like, please stop talking to me ever again. Your existence hurts me. So that's a positive but just right but still cuddle up we don't i think it's because i mean we are both very demisexual i think the idea of like this stranger and then immediately visualizing us like spooning is like get out of my head private space you know yeah maybe that's that's it for me i mean i don't even like i'm not i'm not a hugger i don't really hug no if i do it's like you're really close to me or i feel socially obligated to do so yes I like when people ask, and I've yes. said no, too. Some people are like, would you like a hug? And I'm like, I'm okay, and then fist bump them. Yeah. People say, they're like, are you a hugger? I'm like, I'm not, but like, <laughs> you're really great and awesome, and um, you're high five. with your words. Right. Just be friends, please. Yeah, other than the cuddle up, though, and I don't think everyone would be sensitive to that, but it's just a little it's a little too soon for cuddling up, buddy. But we can get some food and watch horror movies. Yeah, and like I, I said, that. I don't think it's necessarily wrong. I think that might be a personal yes. preference. Yes, Okay, we've got a selfie. We've got a mirror selfie here. He's making a quirky face. I don't mind this. As far as men doing selfies, I think this is... This is fine. ...unusually good. Yes, this is fine. The next one, though, where he's making, like, a scrunched-up face and looking at his phone, I feel like could it's a little tense. But it's the shirt. Oh, but his shirt says Stephen King fucks, which is... Stephen <laughs> King fucks. It's just great. Okay, I love the shirt. Incredible. Ten. What makes a relationship great is... Communication, chemistry, and uh, something else that starts with C. I hope that was just a joke and not. I immediately was like, please don't be a sex joke and be like cunnilingus or something. Okay, so he's trying to come up with a third thing. Yes. All right. I did think it was going to be something dirty. I think it's just trying to be clever. Okay. Yeah. That's okay. I'm hoping. Yeah. As long as it's not trying to be something cunt related, then. What about OkCupid? Okay, so same person, just their OkCupid, because apparently they're very different sites, which I get. do put a lot more on OkCupid profiles. That's normal. Yes. They're more detailed. Yeah, yeah. And you're supposed to. Yeah, there's like more prompts and it's a little more like, I think it's more old school. I don't think it's young and hip anymore. I used to be on it. I don't anymore. Well, yeah. No, I remember when, (coughs) back in my day when I was on dating websites, (laughs) um, I was just on OkCupid and Tinder, and I talked to nobody and went on zero dates, and it was super successful. Yeah, <laughs> I did great. great. I love that. I love. I loved meeting strange men. Yeah. Um, it was my favorite. Yeah. Uh, so first thing on here, I'm pro-choice. Love. Um, white atheism. Mm-hmm. Jim and I again, politically liberal. Yep. Employed full time. Graduate degree. Strong. We love. Things I have, teeth, exclamation point, all of them, exclamation point, a place of my own. These are all in an exclamation point, uh-huh. by the way. A car, two master's degree, one of which I actually use, a bed frame, Whoa. sheets, top and bottom, jobs, more than one, a therapist. Mm-hmm. See, he knows. He knows what, he knows what we're like. looking for. We want a, we're, <laughs> a bed frame. We, we want a bed frame. First and foremost. We are not 20 anymore. They yeah. have to have a bed frame. No. Things I don't have, kids, exclamation point. They're pretty cool, though. I'm okay with that. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, like no one wants like a kid hater. 
Like if you like, like me. hate children. No, I'm just <laughs> you don't hate nah. you like your nieces Strong and nephews. Like, yeah. Yeah. Previous marriages. Pets, but I love them all. R.I.P. Kitty. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately. So sad. Oh, A yacht. The ability to take flattering pictures of myself. I like the self-awareness there. Although I don't think your pictures are bad so far, but yes, so it. far compared to a lot oh, of what I've, I've seen, I think that's all fine and cute. And this is great to actually read a good profile because we've really focused on some bad. And any dudes out there can take some notes about what the ladies are looking for. Yeah, sheets on your bed. Sheets, dear God, absolutely sheets. Mm-hmm. Uh, current goal: currently finishing up my licensure. Then it's probably back for more certifications. At some point, I'd like to be in a relationship. Yeah. <laughs> like too busy with work and education. So busy. I could probably beat you at trivia. My mm. brain is an endless font of Not random knowledge. Not against Alexis. <laughs> no, I mean, maybe. I there's. I feel like I surface level on just many subjects. Mm. I went to trivia with you, and there was one round where Alexis just knew every single one, 10 out of 10. Everyone else just like kind of sat there and nodded. Well, she was like, oh, yep, 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 and then just wrote all of them down. So not that you're on the market, but. I, I do like that you're throwing out trivia, though, because I feel like there's yeah. certain people that it's like that's kind Love of a, that. a niche. Yes. My golden rule, what people do with their shopping carts tells you everything you need to know about them. I always put mine back. Yeah, dated someone who would not do that because he was like, oh, it's like job creation. Like they're paying someone to do this anyway. And no. Anyone who's worked those jobs knows that you're just adding more stupid work for them when they could be doing something better with their time. People who say stuff up like you. People who say stuff like that have never had right. a job like that. Exactly. It just says so much about their character. And I have a feeling it was who I think it is yep. who'd said that. It is. Who <laughs> I know grew up privileged. Yep. So. <laughs> Mommy, daddy, take care of him. The last show I binged, The Bear. I started it and I wanted to watch it and then I just like fell off. I, I think it was good and I like, what's his face? Jeremy Allen White from Shameless. I know he's ugly, guys, but no. I also he's not. No, everyone loved him. There's so many memes about like, this, no. I want this man to give me an STD right now. <laughs> Even in like the later seasons of Shameless, I was yeah. like, I don't get it, but I know, it's making I, me uncomfortable. I get it. I am 100% with you on that. Hey, I thank didn't, you. No, and I know we're not alone because there were a bunch of memes about this. And he's he's not tall, by the way. He's like 5'7 or something. Who cares? Take note, gentlemen yeah. who are like, oh, I have to be tall. No, you just have to be hot regardless <laughs> of height. <laughs> and that, t- that takes a lot of forms. That's not physically hot necessarily. That's like personality and talent. Like this is... A character who, you know, it we he plays it well. Right. It's not just Although I do feel physical. like his character in The Bear is very similar to Lip and yeah. Shameless. Yeah, so he might be one of those actors who only has one role that he can play. And they're both in Chicago, <laughs> which, which is weird. I was like, I looked up, I was like, is he from Chicago? Like, yeah. Why does he keep doing all these Chicago-based Chicago? roles? No, he's from New York. I couldn't watch The Bear because I worked in restaurants for almost 10 years, and it gave me PTSD because it felt like being in a restaurant, and that was a very toxic environment, and I don't want to relive that. Yeah. I've, I've heard a lot of people that say they worked in restaurants a lot that that show mm-hmm. is a really good portrayal. Yeah, and it's like a horror show. It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and the same way, I don't like watching medical shows. Like, Oh, I don't... that's valid. But also, it just mostly because it pisses me off. There was a great meme that was like, retail work is psychological horror and restaurant work is jump scare horror. No, I will not explain more. It, yeah, I saw that meme and true. I ag- agree. Working in both. Retail where it's like eight hours with almost nothing to do and you're just clawing your way across the floor trying not to poke your eyeballs out. Yeah, I think I only worked at retail for maybe like a year during college yeah. and I said, I would rather work in food. This is yeah. terrible. Oh, yeah, where you have maybe a tyrant chef screaming at you, but at least you're moving the whole time. Yes, like keep me busy. Standing here is purgatory. Yes. On a typical Friday night, I am. I'm probably either with clients at a concert 
home watching something spooky or out dancing at the goth club. What? Yes! Oh, no wonder you're friends with this person. <laughs> maybe some com- I think that's how we met. We had similar like goth meme like pages. All of those. That we, yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe some combination of the above. You know what? That's I mean, if I had Friday nights like a regular weekend person, right. my nights off would yeah. consist of this. Yeah. Um, what I'm actually looking for, human connection. I don't think we can ever really predict what the outcome will be when two people connect, but I'm here for it. I'm just trying to find someone who wants to go eat the best food than go watch the worst movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. bad movies are good. I love like bad movies. super bad movies. Yeah. Excellent. When they're so bad, they're good. So he says, my thoughts on capitalism, probably my favorite thing to rant about both personally and professionally. It's very trendy to hate on capitalism, but it's not wrong because fuck capitalism. Right. And I know this, but he is a therapist, so I'm sure a lot of working through people's issues is the oppressiveness of capitalism and trying to pinpoint that and be like, it's not you. It's the system designed to rig against you. Something that was kind of nice about the pandemic is that everyone was as miserable as I usually am. So then we're on the same page. Memeing into the void, good meme page had um, a tweet that was like, some people are not used to every year being the worst year of their life and it shows. (laughs) Yes. I I will say that was um, a silver lining of COVID, which always feels very strange to say. There are a few. Yes. But I feel people realizing their labor was undervalued and they were being exploited and what just stopping to be and like be with your own thoughts and how terrible that is. We're all like, oh, fuck. Yeah. People were experiencing depression who maybe never had before. And that is daily reality for a lot of us. So I mean, in that way. It was educational. Yes. I think it was educational in a lot of facets of our reality. Star Trek versus Star Wars. Oh, okay. I don't. All right, I'm a lifelong huge Star Wars nerd, but last year I made it to goal to watch all of Martin Star Trek, so now I love that too. Ask me about my lightsaber collection. If you're a girl who's into this, that's a plus. If you're not, it's a little like, I don't want to ask you about your lightsaber collection. I mean, I get we all have our things, but I, I just feel like it could be a little obsessive unnecessarily. I agree. Like, and also, I, I love sci-fi, but Star Wars is not it for me. This is like if you're super into Harry Potter and you say that and then you talk to someone else who's also like a Potterhead or whatever, they'll love it. If they're not, then it's like, eh, okay, you're one of those. So it's it's. I feel like this could be good because you'll find the right person or be a little too specific. Yeah. Well, also it's good to throw that out there if it is like a big thing and they're like very adamantly against it and yeah. don't even want to yeah, bother with your time because I feel like yeah. I could be like, yeah, you know, you do you. We all have our thing. Then we get to his photos. I feel like some of the pictures could use a tune-up, but not terrible. Overall, not the worst. No. Yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about it. There's one where he's, like, squatting with his legs wide. It has a cool shirt on with triangles. I like the facial expression, but the um, squatting, the crotch shot is a little <laughs> much. I think it was just trying to probably get, like, a full body somewhere. Back up. There. Back up from the mirror and then stand up. <laughs> Yeah, overall not terrible, picture-wise. Yeah. yeah, I just, it's hard. It's tricky. I think pictures of you doing stuff, like there's one of him holding like a fun, funky sci-fi mask is neat, because then it's like... You do stuff. You do stuff. That was a thousand times better than most of the profiles we've read. Well, we rate it, because, you know, we I, have to have a rating system. Otherwise, how is it logical? That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. The last one we gave a seven. So we did. Thinking of that one, um, and also wanting to be nice... I feel like uh, like an 8.5 or a 9. I was literally going to say the exact same thing. I was going to say 8.5 or 9. Yeah, we have a, a rubric written out in our uh, files, so we're on the same page. Well, I hope that was helpful to anyone listening who wants to tune up their profile or to any women listening who are like, wow, there are actually um, semi-decent profiles or guys out there. If anyone wants to meet M, 
let us know. Yeah. Cool. We can set that up. Cool. Matchmakers. (laughs) I'm turning us into all these things that no one wants or asks for, like an advice (laughs) column or a matchmaker. I feel like a lot of podcasts, like, like yeah, they, they turn into they that. They do these things, yeah, but I'm really trying to force it. No one is contacting me for anything. It's like, well, whatever. My door is open. Yeah. At least, we're, yeah, we're having the open forum, right? It's an so open door. True. If someone does want to say something, but if not, whatever. Yeah. We can talk for 12 hours. Yeah. It's fine. I just need more attention and people talking to me at all times. So thanks yeah. for that. Yeah. So our topic today. Yes. Um, our topic today is about body shaming towards specifically the vulva and reproductive organs. So our disclaimer on this one is we want to be trans inclusive. This has nothing to do with gender. It has to do specifically with these body parts and the shame that they have in our society Um, because trans men, non-binary people, and intersex people also have these body parts. So it's just about the societal stigma with these. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that covers it well. We've mentioned before that there is a difference between sex and gender, sex being the organs that you happen to have been born with and gender being your expression that is based on so many other factors. So we're talking about people with uteruses, people with vaginas. I have a feeling we'll end up using words like women, but we acknowledge that it's not only women who have these organs. Yes. So we're going to do our best to have gender inclusive language, but we do apologize in advance if we slip up. Yes. But we also want to give you a little education because I feel like we don't talk a lot about like the anatomy of the vulva or ovulation or menstruation cycles because it's just not something we've just like kind of like, I don't know. It's shameful. Yeah. It's like we're embarrassed too. Yeah. But we shouldn't be. That's a little bit of a preface to uh, something that's going to, I'm going to bring up later. But yes, it's. There's been multiple different studies that show that people in general don't understand this anatomy at all. Even people that have this anatomy don't understand it because we put so much shame on it that we don't even talk about it or teach it. So as far as the external anatomy, I got this really great just two sentence that just sort of encompasses it that I think is a great definition. So the vulva, so this is the external part. The vulva is the global term that describes all of the structures that make the female, again, Mm -hmm. external genitalia. The components of the vulva are the mons pubis, labia majora, labia minora, clitoris, vestibular bulbs, vulva vestibule, Bartholin's gland, Skeen's gland, urethra, and vaginal opening. See, there were like six words there that I don't know what that means. Exactly. And you know what? (laughs) I, I, I am a nurse and I am, did learn all of this stuff, but I would be remiss if I did not mention that I, I do not work in sure, gynecology. This, or, yeah, yeah, any sort of like labor delivery gynecological area. So some of this is a little bit more foreign to me and I usually take care of like older people. So things like menstruation and stuff is not in the forefront of my particular work. Thank you for this disclaimer. We will not see you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's all the parts, and it's kind of hard to go through this auditorily without having an infographic to point at. Right. But that just goes to show you all of the different parts that are just the external parts. That's not even touching on what we're going to talk about with, like, the uterus, the fallopian tubes, the ovaries, and all these other wonderful things. Wonderful. Allison and I have in our bodies. Oh, (laughs) the beautiful magic of our bodies (laughs) the miracle of reproduction. Um, I think something that we always joke about, but it, it does turn out to be true because I saw multiple different studies about this in multiple different countries, is people not knowing that there are three holes. 
down there, mm. uh, which is the urethra where we urinate from, the vagina, and then the anus. And in that order, people. Mm, yep. So if you top to bottom. Yep. From top to bottom, <laughs> it's like the cl- clitoral hood, the clitoris, the urethra, the, va- the vaginal opening, and then you got the taint. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which I don't think is the medical term. Probably not. And then the butthole, which is definitely the medical term. Definitely. Yeah. So there's a lot of things. And then something else that made me feel great reading a lot of this stuff, too, because I do feel like there's a lot of shame towards this. Like, we have a lot of things on top of that we're made to feel gross about our vulva. Like, it's deformed in some way. But the female external genitalia varies greatly. The size, the shape, the color, the mons pubis, all of it come are different from female to female. So if yours doesn't look exactly like whatever weird porn your boyfriend's watching, don't feel bad about that. Everyone's looks different and yours is beautiful the way it is. Not to sound like a hippie mom, but <laughs> is the mons pubis like the top of your vulva where your pubic hair is? Yes, exactly. Okay. So yeah, the mons pubis is where your pubic hair would grow. So it's sort of in front of the pubic bone, so there is a bone in there, and then there's sort of some more fat tissue, and then where your your pubic hair would grow, that is your mons pubis. Everyone drop your pants and get out a mirror, and we're going to talk you through this together. <laughs> right. We're going to go from t- – yeah, it's mons pubis, and then we got the labia majora, which is um, – the Please ex- – yes. Please – I hate that term, but it is it is the big external <laughs> pussy lips. <laughs> Majora meaning big. Major <laughs> lips. So that's usually those are the, the, the parts that are that are covering yeah. the outside. Yeah. So it's your mons okay. pubis, then your labia majora. And then closer to the vaginal opening, you have the labia minora. So those are the more the, the, the little small, lips. The little lips. The little lips. Wait. <laughs> Sorry, I this is this, I'm fine with it being funny. It shouldn't be shameful. Like, bodies are funny and they're gross and weird. And that's the whole thing, too, is it's just, it's not, like, bodies are silly. Yeah. Like, they do wonderful things. They do weird stuff. Like, exactly. all of it is, it is what it is. And we've been around for thousands of years. And the yeah. fact that there's still all this shame and secrecy and mystery around around our, this. Is, our normal bodies. Yeah. Yes, so we should be able to talk about them, break them down. Exactly. Get my giggles under control. No. <clears throat> you know what? I... Love toilet humor. Like, I love a good butt joke. Yeah. Poop jokes are amazing to me. So for me, even as someone that deals with genitals on a regular basis, yeah. I still find this absolutely hilarious. Good. Yeah. And again, that's just my seven-year-old self coming out. <laughs> Boobies. <laughs> like. Okay. So we made it to the inner lips, the smaller, the labia minora. Yes. That's on the inside of the majora. Okay. Yeah. So you got your majora. And then once, basically, if you were to, and I'm so sorry, spread the big lips apart, then we're going to start looking at these. I can see it in my mind. Inside, outside. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Inside. Okay. So it's like you got the clitoral hood, you got the clitoris, the vagina, and then around the vaginal opening is the labia minora. And the hood is just over the clitoris. Correct. Yes. of skin. Okay. Still part of the clitoris party. Yeah. But we're going to do its own episode. The clitoris? Oh, yeah. my gosh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The clitoris deserves so much, More so time. much time. Yes. Um, and then something else that I think is an important thing. The reason for the variations is due to the amount of estrogen influence during development. If there's more estrogen, these structures tend to be larger and thicker, while the lack of estrogen can lead to the external genitalia being thinner and smaller. So it just depends on when and how much of hormones you have during your puberty that affects the size and oh. color and all the fun stuff. So do again, you know, don't feel bad about it. What do you, do we know what influences that um, amount of 
like the hormones that we have? Like that, I don't know. I'm sure there's. I feel like there's environmental elements. Yes, and I think it probably has to do with like when you start puberty. Like if you you know hit puberty a little bit later than some of your some of your buds, you might be exposed to estrogen for Mm. a longer or less amount of time. Okay, so that might influence what your what your genitals look like. Room for variation. Mm -hmm. Get my notes in order. Like I don't want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I feel like a lot of this is like repeating, and it's just. I want to. I don't need to see it laid out in my mind to understand. I'm very. I mean, I'm very visual, and even without a diagram. And we can also post, obviously, a diagram for reference as well. Yes, and I think we should because when when I was researching this, I was like, well, yeah, like, duh. Yeah. But it's not duh. No, it's not duh at all. Not duh. No. Because we don't go through this no. in school. Like no. I went through this again because I went to medically focused schooling but i mean i don't remember maybe once during high school did we have an anatomical structure of the vulva like yeah. i feel like we had tons of the reproduct the reproductive mm-hmm. organs of like the uterus and the fallopian tubes and the ovaries that was you know posted a lot more than external because that's that's vulgar yeah absolutely and even if we did it's still something that you maybe like saw back in ninth grade and probably haven't really refreshed since then and it was breezed over and also i feel like there's a lot of misinformation in sex education classes oh my gosh yeah like i had some um i had some that i know about because it was like a teacher who wasn't really qualified to be doing that who was just like okay today we're gonna do body stuff and wasn't thorough I feel like you named other structures that I didn't recognize. So a lot of them are – it's like technically part of the vulva in the way that it's connected to stuff, but it's not necessarily external to where you can see them. Okay. So a lot of them are things like the glands, and part of it is also part of the clitoris that is the inside portion of the clitoris, which G-spot. is – spot Yes. <laughs> so a lot of this, even though it's part of the vulva, it's not necessarily on the external part where I could point okay. it out to you. Like the glands, and then the urethra obviously is is pee hole. The Bartholin's glands. I didn't look up where that one was, but yeah, a lot of these are technically not something that you could yeah. look down and point at. Okay, so we've we've laid out what you can see with your mirror right now, right now. And yeah. I, you know what? Again, not to sound like a crunchy hippie mom, but please do. Like, if mm. you're not aware of yourself, you're not going to be able to like teach someone to like be a good lover yeah. to you, and you need to know your own body too. And that's something that. I talk about as well because if you're not in tune with your body, you won't necessarily know if something's wrong. So don't feel ashamed about your own body. Like know what it looks like. Know what it feels like. Know what's the normal routine and everything. So if something strays from that, we can be more cognizant of it and understand if there is something wrong. Get up in there. Yeah. Like get a mirror. Go to town. I love that. And you shouldn't feel bad about asking for what you want. No. Get it. Never. Do we want do you want to go over any more anatomy before we talk about the menstrual cycle? I mean, just something that's anatomically related, but there's also different points of how your vulva can look during different parts of arousal. So if you feel weird about it looking one way and then one day and one day during the other again, that affects by your estrogen and your arousal. Like if you become aroused in a sexual setting, much like the penis, yep. you do become engorged and enlarged, and technically the clitoris does become erect. So, like, these are things we should not feel weird about, and a lot of people don't know about. Yeah. Like, you're going to swell down there. It's going to get thick. It's a, it's a lady boner. Is <laughs> it, is, it is literally a lady boner. Term for it. Yeah. 
blood rushes to the area, right? Yeah, as it as it does with any type of arousal. Mm-hmm. They actually say, I don't have any facts on this, but when people see someone hot and they like get like stupid, like Ugh, they say that's because the r- blood rushes from your head <laughs> down to your genitals, mm. and that's why you get a little stupid around people that you're attracted to because your blood's rushing in a different direction than it would be if you were not aroused. I think it's just my magnetic aura interfering with their oh that's transmitters. That's definitely it. <laughs> I think that's that was super helpful. I'm going to walk us through as quickly as I can while being comprehensive the menstrual cycle because, again, something you might have heard about in health class and vaguely know about. If you're someone who tracks your period or has explored different birth control options, then you probably have a better idea of, like, your hormonal composition. But a lot of this I didn't really understand in detail. So, and I'm sure Alexis knows all of this, but whatever. We're going to say it anyway. No, again, this is, this is to be educational for everyone so we're more yes. comfortable with talking about these topics. Yeah, exactly. So a menstrual cycle is a series of physical and hormonal changes in your body that happen before and after your period. And it's all about setting you up to get pregnant. It's regulated by your hormones. Hormones are your body's chemical messengers. And the production of hormones in this case, which is mainly estrogen and progesterone, trigger bodily functions. So the full cycle is between 21 and 35 days on average, but it's different for everyone, just like your beautiful parts. And I wanted to say, I keep wanting to say lady bits because I think that's hilarious to say. Yeah, just because it's a funny term. It's so funny, but obviously not all ladies have these bits and just your, your personal bits. Yeah. Your they, them bits. I like that you use bits, too, because my mom did growing up. That was like, you know, you never use the actual scientific yeah, exactly. term when you were growing up. Yeah, but it was always your bits. Yeah. But that was gender neutral, which I appreciate. Yeah, exactly. It's a cute word. Okay. So the cycle starts on day one of your period and ends on the last day before your period starts. Stage one is the bleed. It's not what it's called, but I came up with my own names because I thought it was funny. <laughs> so the bleed. So this is your period. It's a shedding of the uterine lining. So it's like blood and other... I feel like it's tissue. like other tissue, yeah, that yeah. lines the uterus. It's the Thank sloughing you. of the uterine wall. Sloughing. Yeah. <clears throat> and then it goes through the cervix and out the vagina. And the period usually lasts between two and seven days. Also differs for people. Although I did read that if it lasts longer than seven days, that's probably that could be indicative of an underlying health condition. Yeah, like PCOS or endometriosis. Yeah. And then also, should. just because we didn't mention it, the Please. cervix yes. is at the top of mm. the vagina before the entry to... The inside. So Thank that's you. like the, the stopper, as I like to call it. <laughs> that's the part that will open when you if when you do have a child. That's yeah. the part that opens that causes like the amount of pain because Ugh. opening your cervix as someone who's had two IUDs is one of the most painful things I've ever experienced. Okay. So. And it also opens a little bit to let out your period blood. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Just like, okay. Yeah. Not a <laughs> little, little bit. It's fine. Okay, so stage two is uh, the cooking. That's the follicular stage. And this is when your body is, it's brewing the egg. It's fermenting. It's developing. I don't exactly know what a better word for that. The cooking is be. good because, cooking. yeah, you are. Yeah. You're getting your eggs ready. It's hot in there. Yeah. <laughs> and eggs is also like a food term. Right. So. We're getting the eggs ready. On it's average. Breakfast time. <laughs> So on average, this is uh, about six days into the cycle. It's when you've finished bleeding. The egg is going to release in the next stage after this. So it's brewing in the ovaries. The ovaries are these little pouches that are on either side of the uterus. And the uterus, by the way, is synonymous with womb, which making sure we cover all of our bases, your womb is where a fetus would develop. 
It's also called your uterus. That's what wanders around your body and causes all, all sorts of, of mischief. All of your ailments, yes. Yeah. Any, any problem that you have is yeah. because of that. Yes, exactly. As we previously <laughs> talked about. So the ovaries are connected to the uterus with the fallopian tubes. You've probably seen this diagram that kind of looks like, I feel like it looks like a ram's head. It does a, a little bit. Out. Yeah. I've also seen a lot of memes where it talks about women being the devil because their reproductive organs look like a goat's head. <laughs> seen that before? No. It's like the Baphomet head. I <laughs> like mean, trans imp- like imposed on. <laughs> that's logic right there. I think that's, I see no this just, fault in that logic. Yeah, just this is more uh, Abrahamic religions <laughs> saying that we're the devil, so. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So the uterus is in the center of the ovaries on either side. The fallopian tubes connect the uterus to the ovaries. In the ovaries are follicles, and these are little sacs, and they hold the immature eggs in your body that are developing. Cooking. They're cooking during stage two. So when you're born, your ovaries contain one to two million itty-bitty eggs, little ones that they haven't developed yet. So people who are assigned female at birth are actually born with all of the eggs they'll ever have, but they're not ready to go. They're not. They're they're not cooking. They're not. They're raw. They're they're, they're, they're proving in the oven. Which I'm changing different foods now. <laughs> so whereas people who are assigned male at birth do continue to produce sperm throughout their lives, that is not the case for for my body. So as we age, our eggs die, and then others are released. Yep. That's why um, I think Al Pacino and Robert De Niro, who are both in oh, their eighties, yeah. just had children. Right. They're Gross. thirty year old. Partners. Yeah. At least they're in their 30s, I guess, maybe. But we should focus on birth control for women who release one egg a month. Yep. Yeah. Because we're the problem. We're the problem. Okay, so hormones stimulate the follicle development. The follicles, again, are the sacs that hold the eggs. There is a hormone named FSH, follicle-stimulating hormone. It's aptly named. It's what it says on the tin. It stimulates the hormone. That's also how this brain signals to the ovaries to make estrogen. Estrogen is primarily produced in the ovaries. So that's what's going on in stage two. Stage three is the drop. That is ovulation, and it's halfway through your cycle, but the timing on this is different for everyone. So if you are a person who tracks your period, you need to be careful with this because it's not like everyone has a 28-day cycle and everyone ovulates on day 14. Yours might be different. It's not one size fits all. So ovulation is when an egg is released by the ovaries to be fertilized by the potential sperm. The theoretical sperm, in case that's going near you. And then your period is your punishment for not getting pregnant. <laughs> that's As uh, the myths go. That's God. That's God punishing, punishing you. Punishing you, yes. So your estrogen levels rise. It triggers the egg to be released, and the uterine lining thickens to prepare for pregnancy. So you're most fertile two to three days before and after the egg is released during this third stage. But sperm can linger in your body for about 72 hours before it dies. So that's Ew. why you have to be careful. I know, I know. Imagine it's lingering. It's there. It's little. It's still there. It's I don't lingering. like I don't, I don't like that either. I don't like that fact. No. It's important because if you're just thinking, oh, I'm ovulating right now, it's, you know, I can have sex a few days later. You can't necessarily because there could still be sperm alive. And I even was seeing that you can get pregnant on your period even. Like, yeah. It's much less likely, but yeah, you're never safe. You're never safe with the sperm. <laughs> um, I think they should reorder the stages because the stages start with your period. But if you're pregnant, then you are not ovulating normally until after you've had your baby. 
and then you start your normal cycle, but it starts like with ovulation and then you have your period because you have to develop the egg and then release it to go into stage one. The period being the start seems off to me. What do I know? (laughs) Yeah, what do we know? So stage four is the pregnancy prep. That's the luteal phase. Last 12 to 14 days is the last stage in your cycle, even though they're ordered wrong. It's That's what they say. It is when the corpus luteum develops in the ovaries. So that is a mass of cells. Corpus luteum translates to yellow body. And I looked it up and it does look yellow. So I get it. But this mass of cells develops in the ovary and it's responsible for producing progesterone. Progesterone levels actually stay low in your body until after ovulation. That hormone is important for maintaining a healthy pregnancy. We think it's actually the changing levels of progesterone and estrogen that cause PMS because it's an imbalance in your hormone is there rebalancing during this cycle. So just to recap, I'm a person who likes to repeat everything to make sure I understand. We bled, we shed some lining, we have a follicular stage while the eggs are developing. You've had them all along, but now they're getting ready. We ovulate, the egg is now dropping. Let the egg drop. Let the egg drop. And uh, that's when you're most fertile because sperm could potentially fertilize that yeah, egg. Yeah, that egg's just hanging out there ready. It is just ready. And then in stage four, your body is getting ready to take care of this fertilized egg. But if the egg wasn't fertilized, the corpus luteum, that mass of cells, breaks down and then your progesterone levels will drop and then your body gets ready to flush out the egg and the lining with your next period, which is why your period is your indicator of pregnancy, because if you are pregnant, then your body's like, cool, I'm going to hang on to this egg and grow a tiny person. And all this lining. And all this lining. That's part of why you get bloated sometimes before mm, your period, too, because your uterus does swell. I take the active birth control pills continuously, which means that I don't take that week of sugar pills, the placebo week. And I don't have a period. And doctors, gynecologists, biologists, So far, they're all agreeing that this is healthy, and there are definitely people who are suspicious of this because you're not having a normal cycle. And it's something that people have started doing relatively recently, so I get that we don't have decades and decades of studies. But you know what? I love not having a period. Yeah, I'm a little jealous. Mm Mm-hmm. And then you don't have – I don't have PMS. I had an ex also who was like, oh, are you PMSing right now? And I was like, actually, no, because my progesterone and estrogen levels are always held at the same – place because of my birth control pills. So no, it's not fluctuating. I'm not ovulating. No, you're just a dick. Yeah, that's basically. No, you're just an asshole. Hormonal IUDs and birth control implants can also do the same of stopping people's periods or making them infrequent or very mild. And this can also be useful for people who are trans and non-binary who find having a period dysphoric. Then this is an option too help with that situation. So I think there are just a lot of options out there that are worth researching. And if you have painful and uncomfortable periods, then maybe there is a way to make that a little better for you. So that is the beautiful menstrual cycle. I'm glad we got to learn about that. I hope you have a wonderful understanding of your body now. Yes. So that's the normalization of all of this. It's not weird. No. It's, there's nothing shameful about Well, it's, it's weird. weird in the same way that all <laughs> things are weird in your yeah. body. Yeah. It's not any more weird or any more exactly. gross. It's a normal function of humanity. Just deal with it. What we're trying to do, like I said, is to normalize this because there is so much shame, yeah. quote unquote, around. Shaming is totally a thing. Yes. And... Some of the historical context I was looking at for this was 
a lot of our quote unquote great philosophers of yesteryears like Aristotle. So Aris- Aristotle, very clearly <laughs> just a misogynist because most of his work on the differences between men and women was all just about, again, sorry for the gender terms, women being like an impure man, like being a fucked up dude, essentially. And what his theory was, was that vaginal discharge was just impure semen. It was just like semen that wasn't good enough to be semen. Up until, sorry to interject, but I just wanted to point out that up until 1993, there was was research and papers being written that menstruation was a defense against pathogens transported by sperm. That was until the 1990s that we didn't actually have a comprehensive understanding of this because we don't study women's bodies. I mean, I'm kind of not surprised that Aristotle was that misguided, but it continued. It became a trend. Yes. Our boy Plato is a little better. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, he still thought women were lesser, but he thought it was the suppression of women was like a waste of human resources. Okay. So not utilizing all the minds of a society was a mistake. I'll take that. Right. But we're still, you know. Ugh. I like a practical standpoint. <laughs> right. Let's take advantage of these uh, meat sacks that are around. Exactly. They so, can serve us. So that's a little better. That was progressive for yeah. then, right? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> One of my favorite terms when I was looking it up about um, just negative terms towards us is um, in the 1600s, the uterus was described as a sewer. Wow. That's strong. I mean, we just talked about everything the uterus does. I kind of missed the part where there was any uh, like human waste in there. Yeah. I must have just missed that in my research. Again, it's just described as something like impure and unclean. Yep. So that's cool. But in 1559, positive, we discovered the clitoris. Yeah, and women, no women before then or anyone had ever found it before. I mean, you know, a man discovered it and put a name on it, so then that was, then it's real. Oh, my God. And all the women, like, jacking themselves off fervently were like, okay, homie. (laughs) You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I got it. I got it. I got it. We're good. Okay. Um, And then, again, please dive in. But there was a lot of uh, scripture that goes in for, like, 13, 14, 15 verses about all the ways that women can be unclean during menstruation. In Leviticus 12, it explains how a woman is unclean after childbirth, and she is doubly unclean after giving birth to a girl. Wow. So after giving birth, she's unclean for seven days, which is how long she is unclean during her period. But if she has a girl and she gives birth, she is unclean for 14 days. That's insane. I just feel like it was definitely not something that was ever talked about in my house. And there's no sex ed through the church, obviously. Like, that's just not something. Just man and woman, and then you have babies, and that's it. And that's it. But I think that a lot of that is just foundational to misogyny in our culture, because that is what people were raised on, whether they even consciously accepted that or not. Yeah. And a lot of cultures in general have a lot of really terrible things where we like exile women during their periods or seen as unclean. They don't have access to like sanitary napkins or tampons or anything. So it's just a lot of stigma on us for something. Again, it's totally normal. Yes. Something that really upset me. I don't remember this, but I'm sure I learned it at some point, but there's a pudendal nerve, which provides sensation to the vagina and vulva, for example, the term pedu that one, mm-hmm. pedendum, there we go. The Latin term used in medical English for the external genitalia literally means in Latin, you ready for this? Yeah. Shameful thing. Wow. So a medical term we still use today. Oh, no. That is a nerve that goes to our vulva. 
is from a Latin term that means shameful thing. We should change that. Yeah, I read an entire article how they're they're trying to, and people are like, okay. look, I'm not a fan of it, but it's semantics at this point, and it's an entire medical knowledge. But it's like, but it's one thing. I just think all of those little things, they add up to a big thing. Exactly, because if we just blow that off, what else are we blowing off, right? Yep. There's, again, this is part of my history stuff and cultural and folklore, et cetera. There's the vagina loquens or talking vagina is a significant tradition in literature and art dating back to ancient folklore motifs. These tales usually involve vaginas talking to the effect of magic or charms and often admitting to their unchastity. It's like men that just think women are out to manipulate them and get them when yeah. they're just trying to exist. Right. Your vagina is talking to me. It's doing magic. Yeah. It's, it's giving me impure thoughts. It's all <laughs> your fault. Dude, that's a you problem. Right. And then one of my favorite, like, vagina myths. Yeah. Is vagina dentata, which uh, if you ever saw the 2007 oh, classic. Oh, I did. <laughs> what was oh, it called? I was sure it teeth? Did. Teeth. Yes. Yep, teeth. So teeth in, in the vagina, which is not. Usually, I mean, there has been like found tumors with like different tissues in it, but like it's not a thing where no. you have a giant set of fangs <laughs> inside like your vagina. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, it was, I guess in some ways it was a positive thing because it was supposed to be, this was told as like a cautionary tale to like not rape women because it's like she could bite off, she your, could dick. Bite off your dick yeah. and your dick's your most important thing in your entire life. So right. don't do that. So yeah. I guess that's. I don't mind that one. Yeah, that's like better. Like don't put your dirty dick near me. And I'll chop it off. You should fear me. Exactly. And then I think you talked about in, oh, when we were talking about the Virgin Mary in our virginity episode, how part of the reason we put her on exalt was because they were trying to make clean something that they deemed dirty, which was the womb and childbirth. So it's been pervasive throughout the entirety of written word from what I can tell. I even went as far as to tell a Catholic person I was talking to who was praising the Virgin Mary. I was like, you know what? Just praising her like that is anti-feminist. You claim to be a feminist, but the Virgin Mary, like, do we really need to just highlight that as her greatest virtue? Right. That means by default, I am not virtuous. Right. I'm not a virgin. There's a great meme, though, that was like, do you wonder if the Virgin Mary was ever like, you can just call me Mary. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, guys, my name's just Mary's good. I said that to my 13-year-old niece, and she died laughing. I was like, I'm the edgy aunt. (laughs) You're indoctrinating them in the opposite direction. With memes. That was when I took my niece to I, – I took her to the Getty Museum, which has a lot of Renaissance art and didn't kind of think about how there's a lot of naked statues with tiny penises. And I don't know if she's ever seen – she's very sheltered – the male genitalia before. <laughs> and I was walking around. I was just kind of chatting. I was like, it's funny. There's all these naked people, but it's so not sexy. She was like, yeah, that's definitely true. Yeah. But I was also like, well, now you know what a dick looks like, so – Good there you thing. go. There you go. There it is. Not that exciting, is it? Right. That's that's it. That's it. Again, yeah. all bodies are equally just there. They're just there. There just they are. There. Yep. Body neutrality, I think, is what we want to highlight because yes. there's body positivity where all bodies are beautiful. Maybe you don't even need to feel that way about your body. Maybe it's right. just there. Uh, maybe your body just exists as a vessel to do things for you, which is great. And we yep. should appreciate the functions that it does for us. It doesn't have to be like beautiful and meh, meh, meh. that's mm-hmm. fine. Some yeah. people may not get to that point or they don't want to. I don't want to. That's no. stupid. Yeah. Again, because I think bodies are. All bodies are weird. Equally. (laughs) Equally weird. They do a lot of crazy – they do a lot of really cool stuff. They do. Something that we talked about during this as well is sort of like the self-shame that people that have vulvas have towards themselves because of this idea in our society. 
one of the stats I saw was about a quarter of U.S. women don't know where their vagina is. Oh, God. Like 46% of, quote-unquote, ladies couldn't point out the cervix. Mm. 59% suggested a different body part when asked to identify the uterus. Mm. And I've seen a lot of that as well where it's – there's been – and that one was in the U.S. It was one in England where they had like a giant anatomical structure and they asked people to label them. And I think this was co-ed. This wasn't just for ladies. Yeah. Um, The structures which most identified correctly were the vagina. So that's good. Uh, The anus was number two at 67%. So we're we're doing it. And the labia, 49%. They suggest the biggest confusion came between the urethra and the clitoris. Mm Mm-hmm. Like I said, the clitoris is on top because it's number one. Critical hit point in a video game, guys. Right. It's got it. the hood. So yeah. it's like the top. Like, you are like you know, you've got a hoodie on your head. So it's the top. <laughs> you're giving people mnemonics to remember. I mean, that's how I remember. Is. And then, yeah, your your urethra is more, more inner than I think people think it is. So it's like on top of the vagina but below the clitoris. But it's still a little – it's not just like poking out there. Just yeah. like, hey, what's up? We're subtle. Right. In nursing school and we had to learn how to put in Foley catheters – the mannequins that we did on it was just feels like one, two, three. Like here's these holes that are really easy to see, and it's uh, yeah. it's not it's not that way. It's no. And during the start of this too, even some of the women in the class when we went to go do this were trying to like put it in the wrong places. It's like okay, this could not be easier. It's just basically three hole punches down here, and you're still doing it wrong. Ugh. It's just because again, even when we have these parts, we don't feel comfortable knowing about them. No. And I don't even think we have, like, a natural curiosity for it necessarily. Because no. it's, like, sturdy. That's weird. That's, like, just right. don't worry about it. Yeah. Like, I'm sure little kids, if they're, you know, starting to touch themselves uh-huh. and stuff, it's like, oh, my gosh, yeah. no, don't. Do that. That's disgusting. Yep. You're a, a sinner. You're gross. I'm sure there's more nuances to the penis. I definitely don't want to talk about it for very long at Ugh. all. God. But um, I just feel like we have a better understanding of where uh, maybe it's a little more obvious, the head of the penis, like, the base of we get it, but we need a little more inspection, a little more careful understanding. Right. And we deserve it. Yeah. Well, and a lot of that, too, was I was looking back where we when we were learning a lot about anatomy in the quote unquote Western world, it was on male bodies. Yeah. And the only focus when they were, if they were able to get a female body was just the reproductive organs because they were so fascinated by the differences in us being, you know, lackluster men that they had to point that out. And that was like the only focus was... Basically, the genitals, the reproductive system, and boobs. Yeah, and our one use to society, which is to uh, procreate. That's it. That's all I got. And serve and serve men. Yes. And look good. But a lot of this goes back to harming women as well because there's multiple studies. I saw multiple different studies, multiple different countries, multiple different percentages. But yeah. basically, the bottom line is a lot of women are shamed and don't obtain health care related to their vagina due to lack of understanding or the shame around it. They don't even want to talk to their doctor, medical professional about any problems with their vagina. Yeah, I get it. I mean, I get it. It's hard to – I used to feel so uncomfortable and then just became a lot more shameless at some point. But I used to feel really awkward and like doing a, you know, pap smear or whatever. It's so invasive and it just shouldn't be that scary for us. No, but also pap smears are – I feel like we need to we need to do better. We need to, not the speculum. The speculum's the been around too long. Thing. We we got to do some innovation on that. We need to think on that one. But also like talk to your girlfriends if you have a weird discharge or like discomfort or yeah. with urination. Well, and that's that's, that's okay. a lot of what I have on here too. It's like getting to know your body and knowing what your discharge regularly looks like and you know what smells like. Like be in touch with your body because oh, if yeah. something of that changes, your pH is off, that could be a big problem and you need to be in tune with that in your body and not feel weird about it because Again, as a medical professional, I know I said I joke about this stuff, but when I'm at work, 
like shut off. I mean, oh, it's yeah. just it's 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 they work. do not care. I Everything don't care. A job. I know yeah. with my gynecologist, she's seen a hundred other vaginas that day. Like this right. is not. I am not special to her. Right. Like uh, the amount of dicks I've seen in a non-sexual. I was saying. I mean, at work, minimum, I see three a day. So, oh God, I'm so sorry. It's, I mean, but that's the thing. It's like, it's, it doesn't. <laughs> right, right, right. No, I understand. It's like the You're neurons right. don't mean, cross. No, I totally know what you mean. It becomes part of your role as a caretaker. And I also know you're not like, oh, God, a penis. I'm no. kind of saying that for more of like a societal, like, I hate focusing on men. But absolutely, yeah. it's just you taking care of your patient. Right. It's just, it gets medical. And I'm just letting you know some people do obtain health care. They're not shaming you. No one's talking about your bodies behind your back like none of that's happening I know it's hard to it's easier said than done it's hard to overcome that I mean even I still get weirded out Mm -hmm. there was a meme about going to the gynecologist and she's about to like go inside my vagina and I still feel weird that I have to put my underwear tucked in my pants to where she can't see them I know. You do that. You totally do that. Right. Because it's like, oh, oh, heaven forbid they see my my underwear. That's yeah. <laughs> that's disgusting. Just everything can become a job. I've had some funny th- – whatever it is, whether it's like an EMT and it's hyper emotionally adrenaline inducing or maybe you're waiting on A-lister celebrities or something. Like whatever it is that seems abnormal at first, it just becomes a job. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Something that – is a $15 billion a year industry, Allison, Mm. is quote-unquote feminine hygiene products. Uh Uh-huh. So I also saw in one set that this does include things like tampons and pads. So I guess we don't have like an exact number on things that are considered – like examples like soaps and Mm. fragrances and douching and all these things that we're sold and told to believe because our natural state of our vagina is – unclean and needs to be fixed in some way. Uh-huh. So a lot of what that is is things like Summer's Eve, like pH balancing stuff. You don't need to do that. Mm-hmm. Your vagina does it on its own. Yeah. Don't mess with it. Yeah, I've heard douching is bad for you. It is very bad for you. Don't do it. There is very, very, very little times where it is necessary to douche. And it will mess up your your pH in there and you'll get things like yeast infections and uh, bacterial vaginosis. So don't don't do that. And there's nothing wrong with it. And like the only thing you need to do down there is wash it with warm water externally or a mild soap. That's like the most you need to do. No fragrances, no dyes, none of that stuff. There's nothing wrong. It doesn't have a smell. No one's smelling your stuff. No one can, you don't smell. <laughs> and if you do, there's a, there's a problem. There's a medical problem. Yes. Yeah, if there's a bad smell, it's probably indicative of something, but probably it just smells like a human. Right. So something else that I feel gets a lot of vaginal shame is the idea of vaginas being quote unquote loose Mm -hmm. after X amount of things, whether they've had multiple partners or childbirth or whatever. But vaginal tissue stretches and goes back, people. This is a myth. Yeah, I think what my understanding is the tightness of your vagina has to do with like the muscles in your pelvic floor. Yes, that's a lot of it. And again, your estrogen levels as Mm, well, because estrogen does affect the tissues down there just in general. But your pelvic floor is very important, and I think we are starting to talk a lot more about that, which is really good. The things like your Kegels. Yeah. Someone told me every time you stop at a red light, just do like yeah. 20 until they stop. <laughs> what is what is your pelvic floor? Oh, my God. Why would you ask me because that? Because I don't have a good answer. I feel like I, I could – because I can't answer it, and I want to know. We don't – I mean, it's basically yeah. the muscles <laughs> in your vagina, essentially. It's Where are they? Sorry. A little, yeah, I mean, around. Yeah, it's. I <laughs> mean, it. the def, it, It's essentially the muscles that work to make all of this stuff happen. So it's like the muscles you can use to like tighten 
you're not like tightened. You like kegels. right, like when you yeah, do kegels, like when you squeeze, right, like okay. when you squeeze together, like those okay. muscles. So they must be like around the outside. Yeah, and there's also like the, some okay. vaginal muscles like inside. In the, yeah, okay. there's just a lot of muscles okay. down in there, and we again our pelvic floor is just the easiest way to do because there is a lot of muscles, and it's just easier to just say that. But okay. in general, that is a lot of it too. And yes, after things like childbirth, it goes through a lot. But if you just keep to your kegels and you have a healthy pelvic floor. That's that's all you need. That's all you need. Okay. And like I said, vaginal tissue goes back. It is meant to stretch. You're meant to push out a baby in there, so it goes back to the regular yeah, size. Yeah, so when men are like, oh, you've had a lot of partners. Like, you've had a lot of dicks in you. It's like, dude, no, you can push out a baby. Do you know how much smaller a penis is than a baby's head? Right. So Again, you're there. not special. You haven't changed who I am as a person. Yeah. Like virginity. Mm-hmm. So something that is really um, horrible Okay. That I wanted to talk about. I guess we could have talked around the pregnancy episode, but so after we haven't recorded yet. Which we have not. But there is something when you give birth vaginally called an episiotomy. And it used to be done routinely where they would cut an incision from your vagina almost down to your butthole. And that was to help alleviate any tearing, because sometimes tearing does happen when you give birth. And the the thought was if you make a clean incision, it would heal better, but that is not true. So normal vaginal tearing is a better healing process afterwards. But the point I'm trying to make with this is to preface that there is something called the husband stitch or the daddy stitch, um, which was considered to be an urban legend and a myth until a bunch of women came out and said, no, 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 no. It's real. And I saw one that was as recent as 2017, close to actually where I grew up, which made me really depressed. But what a husband stitch or daddy stitch is, is basically if a woman does have a vaginal tear or an episiotomy during during birth, the cutting from like, the bottom of the vagina, they either do it straight down or to the side. God, I don't like yeah. thinking about so, that. Yeah, basically just ripping. Cutting you open. Cutting you open. Cool. So when they do need to go to stitch you back up, they put in, quote unquote, an extra one for daddy. That's so disturbing. And it's, again, you're... It's not a real thing because it only creates pain. It creates worse healing process, and it doesn't change anything because, again, it's just – it's making just the whole small, but, like, yeah. it, nothing's changing. Right, right. And all you're doing have... is causing harm to women because after I've given birth and I've gone through this tremendous thing, the number one thing we're thinking about is, oh, well, he wants to fuck again, so we got to make sure that we – make her a sexual being again now that she's popped out a baby. That's awful. Yeah, because that's your only worth. Right. And the priority on that. And again, the the myth of the quote-unquote loose vagina, which again, is not real. No. But episiotomies used to be regularly done, but now they really don't do them anymore, which is a good thing. But I saw they do routine episiotomies still in Cambodia, and it was found because the belief of women would be able to have tighter and prettier vaginas. Prettier vaginas. Yep, that was the reason that they kept doing episiotomies because they want to make sure that their vaginas are beautiful, which all vaginas are beautiful, okay? Yes. That's the point of this. Yes. So with that, Mm -hmm. there's things like vaginoplasty and labioplasty, which is basically cosmetic procedures done to your vulva in some way to make it, quote unquote, look better. So labioplasty is a lot of times the labia menorah where they try to make it smaller in some way. They'll, like, cut it, like, parts mm. of it off mm. to try to make it more, quote-unquote, appealing. Yeah. And I saw there was one where a bunch of women came into a clinic to get a labioplasty, and 
basically the data that they had, they like measured their labia minora, which is weird that we have data on this, but all of them were within range and none of them were out of the ordinary. It's just weird that we have this stigma on how our vaginas are supposed to look. I've heard that it's common in porn too. Yes. So when you're looking at women in porn, you get an idea. Exactly. And that's where a lot of it came from was the prevalence of pornography and the prevalence of, this is the big one actually, removing pubic hair. Because you can see more of the vulva. So there's more attention to it rather than having pubic hair around. There's more focus and you can see more clearly. So there's been a lot more since the 90s. It's ramped up. And in the past 10 years, apparently it's gone up like 63% or something like that. Something like we talked about with douching. It originally began as an anti-pregnancy tactic. So it was done sort of to – so basically douches are – bottles with like a longer neck that you squeeze liquid into. Usually it's water soap combo or water vinegar combo, which sounds terrible. Mm -hmm. But this was done to go in there to try to like fish out the semen. So it was meant to be done after sex to get the... So you can get pregnant. Exactly. It was originally... It was a... Yeah. It was an OG birth control that wasn't... I guess they were okay with that in some capacity. But it was originally started in in France. Mm -hmm. France. So that was the first time it was documented was 1766, and they started selling them regularly in French pharmacies in the 1800s. So that was the original intention of douching was as like almost like a spermicidal situation. Did it work at all? You know what? I don't know. I, I don't think there was really data on that. Right. But I mean, an idea I, I get I, I get their logic. I'm following. I'm following. Okay. But now douching's turned into something where it's like you need to do it to be clean and your vagina's dirty. So this is a way to keep these products being sold to you, telling you that you are less than and that something that you have naturally needs to be fixed in some way. And it absolutely doesn't. And if anything, you're going to make it worse because your vagina already cleanses itself. It's self-cleaning. It doesn't need any external help. And I'm sure it's about money, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. In multiple part, different countries in the world, douching is like a staple of daily life and it's considered like a hygienic thing to do. Okay. So originally our uh, household cleaning product, Lysol, which a lot of us use to disinfect. I feel like COVID, it got a, it got a big starring role. It did. In, that in and QR world. codes. Yes. QR codes and Lysol. That was, that was their year, 2020. <laughs> Clorox. Oh, yes. Clorox as well. But Lysol was originally created as a douche. We had those cleaning agents, not necessarily the ones we use now, but Lysol originally was a douching company. Sounds uncomfortable. Yes. Um, it came in forms of inserts, foaming powders, effervescent tablets, jellies, and sprays. Spray it on up Good. there. Good. Yeah. But a lot of times it can cause permanent damage, and in many cases it was burning women's labia and cervix. I'm not surprised. Yeah. I feel like that's not where that goes. No. It doesn't go there. Um, so the stats on that, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services state that one out of four women in the U.S. uses douches, and the majority is the black and Latino population. No, don't do that. Yeah. Stop. The vulva health tips if you are worried about in any capacity. Again, like I said, getting to know your body and being familiar with it is the number one best thing you can do for multiple reasons. Again, knowing yourself makes it easier to tell someone else how to know you, and it also lets you know mm-hmm. when there is something wrong. Yeah. And if you do have different changes in your, like, discharge or there is a different smell or something, that could be something that you need to get checked out, like bacterial vaginosis, which can happen when you after you have sex, or any sort of change in pH for whatever reason can happen. So that's something to know about. And as well as just in general, like, health-wise, avoid perfumes, deodorants, powders in the vagina or around it at all. Don't wear... It's saying, like, avoid tight clothing if you can, like, synthetic materials down there just because, again, it kind of messes with the pH of your normal system. 
So again, just like warm water, mild I've heard soap, that. Yeah, I've had cotton um, underwear, I loose clothing, and like skirts too, right? Like yeah. not just super tight leggings, but I do all the time. Got yep. it. Cool. Yep. Got yep. It. <laughs> Thanks. All right. Anything else that you wanted to talk about? Did we pee after sex and wipe front to back? <laughs> also, everyone, like the meme says, always pee after sex. Everybody. I didn't know that was a meme. Oh, it is. Yeah. There's okay. there's memes. It's like, always pee after. They just like put on random stuff. It'll be like a total <laughs> random image and just okay. says, like, always pee after sex. I, like that. I think it's one of those Gen Z ones. We could put that on. Yeah, I don't know the Gen Z memes. Yeah. <laughs> we could put that on a shirt. I also thought all vaginas are beautiful could go on a shirt. Yeah. Or maybe all vulvas are beautiful. All vulvas are beautiful. But yeah, I had a male teacher in nursing school who said, I don't care what your gender is. I don't care what parts you have. I don't care if you're gay or straight. Everyone pee after sex. It's just everyone should do that in general. Flush it out. What if I'm extremely drunk and uh, don't want to get out of bed? Well, lucky for you, but I always get a UTI if I oh, do that. Yeah, so. okay. Yeah, that's fair. I feel like some people are more um, susceptible Prone. to that. Yes. Yeah. And then, yeah, wiping front to back. So if you pee or mm-hmm. poop, don't get any of your fecal matter yeah. close to to your vulva matter. And if you do, don't put any Lysol up there. Don't clean it do off. it. Don't do it. Don't do that. Yeah, I wanted to talk about pelvic floor and put you on the spot for that because I feel like these things, sometimes we say it, but we don't exactly understand it. Same with... I'm going to look at the actual... Okay, yeah. ...at the very end here. Of course, yeah. Okay, the pelvic floor muscles are located between the tailbone coccyx... Sorry, the coccyx is another word yeah. for your tailbone. Thank you. ...and the pubic bone within the pelvis... They support the bowel and bladder, which is why it's important when you get older for incontinence as well, as well as the uterus and vagina in females. Muscular bands, or sphincters, encircle their urethra, vagina, and anus as they pass through the pelvic floor. Sphincter is a funny word. Sphincter is, and I usually, I feel like you just think about buttholes, but there's a lot of sphincters in your body. The more you know. Yeah, there's multiple sphincti. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you, Alexis, for this very comprehensive understanding. Yeah, I feel like... Could have gone more into like anecdotal things of things we've experienced or seen culturally, but we ran out of time. We're running out of time. <laughs> but again, if someone does make you feel bad about your vulva or makes you feel like they're meant to be fuck gross, them. they're like, wrong. Don't don't fuck don't them. Fuck don't, them. F- don't fuck them. Do not. That's what I meant. Intercourse. Fuck them. But <laughs> fuck them. Good clarification. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Well, I am Sandra's memes on Instagram, and I'm TX Goth GF, and we are. Sadgap.podcast. No, I, it, that was good, but I if you can do it the same as usual, then I can try to harmonize. I'm not sure if it'll actually work. We'll work on that. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll get it. We'll that. practice that it. Was good. That was good. Yeah, yeah. I like it. <laughs> Our ender? Oh, yeah. I think it would also be cute if I said the first part and then you said we're stronger together. So it's less me talking. And then I'll try to come up with the first part. Yeah, we kind of yeah. do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Because yeah, yeah. it, was, it was like too much of like me, me, me. And then you're like, bye. <laughs> uh, do yeah. your Kegels and yeah, we're stronger yeah, no, together. No. <laughs> <laughs> and your pelvic floor is stronger together. Um, all vaginas are beautiful. And we're stronger together. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.